In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy, who's just trying to run a small business, is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Smarty, go to a party. Girls are scantily clad, a showing body. A chick walks by, you wish she could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Well, there it is, Brad. Bust a move, young MC. Bust a move. I, I believe that's a one-hit wonder, but what a hit it was. Uh, 1980-09, I believe, or or eight or yeah. seven. It was in the 80s, and that's all that matters. And I, you know, as an MC, he's not as young as he once was, of course. So I don't know if he's updated his name to middle-aged MC or what, because again, I think you're right in that he was a one-hit wonder, uh, but good on him. You know, most of us are no-hit wonders. Well, uh, David Pridham here with Brad Sheaf uh, on another uh, episode of the, the old uh, the old show, the program. Um, but first things first, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, you can learn more about our show on our website, ipfrequently.com. Follow us on the InstaFace and the Twitter at IP underscore frequently. We're giving you all of the news and information you need as a small business owner to get through your week, to survive your week, to pay your taxes, your dues, your debts, uh, really everything that you need to uh, you need to handle. You can get a handle on that right here on uh, on on the uh, on the show. And of course, for those of you who are listening to our podcast and not our cable radio uh, behemoth. Uh, remember to rate, review, reflect, rate again, subscribe, refer a friend, reflect, and then do it all over again. If you could repeat that five or six times a day, um, we really will mean business at that point, Brad. Yeah, indeed. We are going to dive right in to the two new stories of the week that uh, most impact uh, our small business audience out there. And there's a lot going on, right? There's inflation. The crypto market has gone into the toilet. Um, there's the whole you know, Roe v. Wade thing. There are monkeys being put into bulletproof vests. But first, Brad, we'll start with the obvious uh, starting point, travel chaos in the United States. American Airlines has uh, stopped serving, I think, three new markets over the weekend because of a lack of pilots. They canceled 3,600 flights over the last three weeks. Another, I think, 100 flights were delayed uh, as of uh, midday today. Um, and I'm wondering what you think about the uh, the airline industry. Have you had any recent uh, uh, run-ins with them? Hey, buddy, it's funny you should ask, because we did. So the, uh, the Chiefs, as you know, some folks may be aware, we roll fairly deep. There are six of us mm -hmm. in our immediate family, myself, my lovely bride, and my four daughters. And so we all aggregated on the outer banks of North Carolina, coming from uh, a few various locations. And to start off with, one of my daughters had her flight, as she was driving to the airport, American has the temerity to say, hey, you know, we've, we've decided to cancel your flight. Um, but we've rebooked you on 
this other flight, mm-hmm. uh, which happens to leave at 12.50 a.m. Fortunately, she's young and strong. She managed that. We picked her up. We got her to the beach. Then that same child, unfortunately, and one of our other daughters, was gonna fl- we're going to fly out a couple of days early. And on the morning of their flight, American uh, kindly sent us a text at, at 4 o'clock. Now, the flights were leaving at 9. Sent us a text at 4 o'clock in the morning saying, hey, guess what? We've decided to cancel these flights as well. Um, so you're not going to be able to take it. But don't worry, because we've already booked you on some new flights that are going to go out two days from now. So apparently American is under the impression that people book flights uh, with no real reason to arrive where they want to arrive at any given particular time, right? So I think what they must believe is that people say, you know what, I haven't been on an airplane in a while, haven't been kicked in the nuts by an airline in a while. (laughs) let Let me just throw a dart at a city and a time and I'll book myself a flight there and see what happens. So we, of course, hop on the, you know, the American help line, Madison, one of my daughter's calls, and, you know, she doesn't fly often. So she's like in the chump line, eight hours. She, she calls up and they say, hey, we'll call you back. We're very busy. We'll call you back as soon as we can. Estimated time, eight hours. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, screw this. I, I happen to fly a lot, as you know, so I, I have a different phone number I can call. I call four hours. On that line, on the highest tier that American Airlines, you know, offers its frequent flyers, it was four hours for a callback on that line. And then when they did call back, all we want, because we had figured, when, by the time four hours had gone by, we had this whole thing figured out. So all we wanted, because they wouldn't book them seats, and we said, hey, we've got, you know, we had booked seats for our daughters are flying together. We had them seated together. Can you put them together on the flight? you know, this flight that you've now scheduled 50 hours later, can you put them together? And the answer was, no, we can't do that. It truly gives new meaning to the word something special in the air, right? American Airlines, something special. Mm-hmm. Remember that commercial? With yes. The, mm-hmm. the, the stewardess with the, the hot coffee and maybe a cookie. Yeah. Get a cookie. Yeah. I would also consider a flying turd to be special in the air. And ergo, I think that must be where that tagline originated but yeah needless to say it was amazingly frustrating then of course they're supposed to be three hours ahead of us of course their flight taxis out to the runway sits there for an hour and then they discover there's a maintenance problem and come back so we arrived in denver on two different flights out of charlotte within 15 minutes of each other it's just they literally cannot get a single thing right there are images of kids sleeping on airport floors lost bags uh, all over the country, people complaining about that. Uh, Thousands and thousands of delays a day um, and just generally pissed off people. And across the board, it's not just an American uh, airlines problem. It's it's really all the uh, all the airlines are having difficulty. American Airlines, though, is is particularly bad. Right. I mean, it's like a big, big flying toilet in the sky. That's why I have a uh, a Sprinter van, my friend, and that's why you should get one as well. Uh, buddy, I'm t- I, I was just going to say, I mean, the worst part of it is the attitude of the quote unquote customer service people is amazing. You know, they they say, well, we've rebooked your flight as though that was a favor that they've done for you. The fact that they've completely effed you over. 
left you without a car, without lodging, with you can't get where you're supposed to be, be where, where your boss expects you to be. And then they go, well, we, we, we rebooked you and we waived the rebooking fees. Literally makes you want to crawl through the phone and choke someone to death. Yeah. <clears throat> if I had the answer, so I may have the answer. It is the, it is the sprinter van. Now it takes a lot longer to get places, but with the delays and cancellations, I think it's about a wash. I, I probably could have oh, drove no to Denver. Yeah, drove to yeah. Denver in, in those those two days where uh, you know you, y'all were just put on ice by the airlines. And then you're right; they don't care, and they're they're horrible, horrible people. And you know they have these. The, the biggest thing about the airlines is there is no customer service anywhere. There really hasn't been since Virgin Airlines shut down their U.S. Uh, little shop here. That, that was actually a somewhat decent airlines. But let's get to the uh, monkey in the bulletproof vest. You attended my wife's birthday party, right? With the monkey, Joby the monkey. With yeah, great yeah, enjoyment. Joby the monkey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And so, and, and this is one of the things, and we'll get to this a little more. You know, the, the birthday party took place in the great state of Texas. And if you want to go out and hire a 40-year-old, in human years, Brad, monkey, mm-hmm. to go around in a scooter to, you know, talk to the guests and, and so, you know, glad handle some people that need glad handling. You mm. can do that in the state of Texas. So, you know, we're, we're having a little uh, event for my daughter's uh, birthday party, a little birthday party for my, my daughter in a, in a couple of weeks. Mm. And so we inquired about, you know, having a similar thing happen at this birthday party, which is taking place in the Northeast. And so we called up this place called Pirate Pete's Pets, right? And Pirate Pete. <laughs> Has wow. a monkey. He has a monkey. Okay. Yeah, of course he does. And it, I don't know how old it is, but he has a monkey that does. That's crazy. Pirate Pete's pet primate, is what that is. Is that that? Yeah, that's, that probably is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he, Pirate Pete, quickly responded with a bitter tongue, uh, saying that you can no longer rent a monkey in the Northeast or in the state of New York. You can no longer rent a monkey, and he actually has it on his website. But but I mean, you could rent it in. The South, it's like fifteen hundred bucks, but you no longer are able to to rent said monkey in certain certain states, and so obviously that's you know thrown a monkey wrench, if you will, mm-hmm. um, in, in you know into this whole birthday party thing. Um, but look, we'll get there. But it, 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 the problem is you've got these northern states with these restrictions, and I don't know if this monkey ban has anything to do with COVID or not, but uh, it's obviously a uh, obviously a a problem, but you know, the party will, the party will go on. Um, and we'll get, you know, we'll get, if I have to put, you know, one of my brother-in-laws into a monkey suit, I'll do it. Well, buddy, I, I, it seems an odd thing to prohibit, right? I mean, it seems an odd thing to legislate that, that someone would wake up one morning, stumble into the bathroom, look in the mirror, realize they are a legislator for the state of New York and say, I will not rest again. Mm-hmm. until I have prohibited the renting of monkeys, particularly for birthday parties. It just seems with all the things going on in the world that it would be relatively low down on your list of things to address. But, but so this, this ban on monkeys um, in the state of New York and elsewhere has apparently led to a lot of um, upset monkeys, right? They're out there, they're wondering, okay, so my livelihood is gone. I can't go and you know, run around the, the, the party and, you know, do tricks and, and stuff like that. And so they're forced to go out there, Brad, in third world countries, in some cases, second world countries, and take on new roles and responsibilities. So, for example, I give you this week a, a bloody shootout 
in, uh, you know, the, in, involving some Mexican drug cartels. This is like, you know, sort of a whole narco, you know, meets animal kingdom type deal, right? The La Familia Micoyanas was involved in a big firefight with another um, cartel, I guess. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and as part of this, the, um, the monkey known as El Gorilla, which was a spider monkey, a pet spider monkey, was killed as part of this firefight. So you get this monkey, right? He's got a beautiful, you know, bulletproof vest on. Didn't help him. Um, but he's nope, killed in this firefight. Uh, or, you know, you have that on the one hand. But, it, but if, if New York hadn't acted the way they did, perhaps this spider monkey would be alive and entertaining guests at a seven-year-old's birthday party. Well, I mean, there's a lot to, you know, sort of tackle there, but I do agree that it would have been better for El Gorilla to have gone to birthday parties in the Northeast of the United States, entertained a kid here, an adult there, as you said, and shaking hands, kissing babies, doing what party monkeys do, as opposed to being, you know, sort of strapped and sent into a firefight. But again, you know, this is kind of U.S. policy these days, right? We we prohibit things in our own country, but we're happy for other, we're happy to buy those products from other countries where, you know, there are absolutely no restrictions and people are being regularly poisoned and killed by the process of mining, by the process of drilling for oil. And that green, you know, ethic is so hypocritical and so wrong-headed that it's almost impossible to get your arms around. And now, it's cost the life of El Gorilla. So far, there's been a lot of monkey talk here, but uh, the summer has kicked off and uh, we are in high gear. And Brad, we're getting ready. We are going to be on the Salem Podcast Network starting in July and all the good things that come with that. We'll be having some exciting guest stars. Uh, there'll be new swag. We'll be up on the Salem Podcast portal. Uh, I believe that IPedia will be tapping into some of the big machines over at NORAD as part of this, Brad, and uh, really all is good uh, in the world. And we're excited about this big launch. Yeah, I'm certainly excited. Any podcast portal we can get on, buddy, I am excited about. I'm excited about one associated with witch trials in particular. And so, uh, you know, we'll see how the big rollout goes. Uh, of course, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, we are here each week on the cable radio network. We mean business and don't you forget it. Next, Brad, we are talking a little bit about uh, the state of our country. Obviously, we've got some problems with surging prices across the board. We've got a president who has some issues. Uh, we have an immigration problem. We have a drug problem. We have a crime problem. Uh, we have a political correctness problem that's run amok. And uh, new statistics are out about the first... Uh, few months of 2022. And it seems like five uh, major US cities, right? Milwaukee, DC, Atlanta, Baltimore, and LA are outperforming, Brad, their 2021 statistics. They're far and away doing better uh, at um, uh, allowing homicides in those cities. Uh, homicides are up 25% in Milwaukee, 13% in DC, 15% in Atlanta, and 10% in Baltimore and LA. It seems to me you take this data, plus anyone who goes into cities like Portland or San Francisco or New York or L.A. or you know even cities like Houston or Chicago, these cities are being mismanaged. There are uh, homeless people who need help. There are schools that are failing. There are huge crime problems. There are DAs that won't prosecute. And now the murder rate across the board is up 
over 2021, which was just a horrific year uh, for violent crime. Um, it seems like to me, if you look at this country, we've got trouble at the top in the White House. We've got trouble at the state level with a bunch of dunces running many of these states. And then we've got trouble in the cities and sort of the urban areas where the most needy people are. Um, you know, they're terrified to go out. People are getting murdered. The schools suck uh, and people are hungry and they can't afford to pay for gas or food. So um, it looks pretty, uh, pretty bleak there, my friend. Well, uh, yeah. And, and again, as you've already pointed out, you don't have to look very far for the cause. I mean, they when you are managing something. right? So here's a little small business moment. Right. When you are managing something, let alone leading. Right. That's a whole nother level. So we, we won't even deal with that today. But when you're simply trying to manage one of the things that most people would subconsciously recognize and the rest of folks would have this pointed out for them rather quickly if they couldn't subconsciously recognize it is that you need to know what reality looks like right anyone will tell you who's ever had it happen to them that if they're given bad information and they make a decision and things blow up in their face they look at the decision and they say well that 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 decision actually made sense had what i understood been reality right but since it wasn't this became a disaster and that is what you are seeing happen with all of these left-leaning folks. They are looking in the mirror. They are talking only to folks who are minded as they are, right? Like-minded. They are listening in echo chambers and they are convincing themselves of things that are simply not true. And then the worst part of it is all of these folks, again, from the White House on down to governors, to mayors, to whoever, are, are just kind of looking around and going, well, we don't, we don't, we don't know how we got here. Right? Like, well, you know, it's not our fault. Right? I mean, we, we were simply trying to, you know, run run our particular organizations in in according to this false reality. And, you know, now here we are. I, buddy, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do that people are going to pretend that the world is a certain way and then make decisions based on their pretending. This is where you're going to wind up. Yep. this is I mean, this is what you what you get. And it's it's. It, you know, it really is, I think, a repudiation of the last five or six years of sort of this woke movement, a lot of which was spurred on by Trump uh, being elected. But a lot of it was percolating already in the background with Bernie Sanders and all that. Um, but it's it's insane. I mean, you've got crime on the rise, education in the toilet. No one wants to fund schools. No one wants to build businesses in the inner cities because they're they're getting burned and there's no incentive to do so. And it's just this terrible cycle. And now we're hooked on public assistance because of the whole COVID thing where we just printed money and handed it out. Um, and, you know, we've sort of created this huge inflationary problem that we're going to have to deal with. And we're going to have to deal with it by really sending the economy back into recession. And at the top of the, uh, of the, of the totem pole, so to speak, you've got Joe Biden, right. Who's almost 80 years old, uh, who last week, uh, you know, just, just to sort of summarize his week last week, he fell down the steps of air force one. He was walking to the helicopter Marine one on the white house lawn. And he went running back because he had forgot his cat and uh, top it all off, then he's on his bike. And whoever decided to put him on a bike in front oh, exactly. of a camera is an yeah. idiot. But yeah. he's on his bike. He slows down to say something to a camera. <laughs> and as he stops, 
he falls completely over. He's lucky he didn't break a bone. His policies are just just god awful. Um, so I, I I think it sort of starts there, and then you just go on down the line. But his entire administration is embarrassment, and it, it really really cries out for having maybe at least one adult in the room who can say this is all BS. This is all crazy. We've got to stop this, and we've actually got to do something for the betterment of all the people in this country. And here's the policy agenda. That's a middle of the road agenda, right? That, uh, that, you know, we're going to, we're going to strive for, but there's no one that'll do it. But I, I, again, as I say often, as you say often, I, I just feel sorry for that guy. Right. I mean, the international economics, the interdependent supply chain, trying to manage different worldviews across the supply chain from, you know, one as restrictive as China to one as obviously unrestrictive to a, to a point of almost failure as the U.S. and trying to manage all that and and determine how to battle inflation while you've got a crisis on your hands with energy and pricing that is you know literally putting people on the verge of destitution. That takes the kind of wherewithal that a only a tiny fraction of people have period, let alone folks who are pushing 80 and didn't have it when they were 40, right? I mean, if you can't remember what Joe Biden was like 40 years ago, those those tapes are around, right? I mean, he was a plagiar, he was an admitted plagiarist. He lied about his resume all the time. He's flip-flopped on every issue he's ever had to deal with. I mean, he was not a savvy leader 40 years ago, and he's certainly not now. And the people that are propping him up should be prosecuted for that. To your point, whatever moron said, well, we'll we'll show the people who think Joe Biden isn't capable of being president, we'll put him on a bicycle and send him out into a crowd. This brother can't walk up a flight of stairs. So we'll put him on a wheeled conveyance that he has to <laughs> balance and pedal and we'll put him in front of the camera. It's, it, it is not, that is elder abuse is what that is. Because you know that was the scam. You know Joe Biden did not say to himself, geez, I'd love a good bike ride today. He looked awkward. He looked out of place. He didn't want to be there. And that's the guy you've got at the top of the heap in a very complicated international economic situation, a very complicated international security situation, a very complicated international uh, you know, commerce and supply chain situation that's the guy at the top of the list and instead of enlisting folks who could help him based on their life history and experience in all of these complex difficult areas he is basing his selection for his his top advisors on things that just don't matter to the job i mean i i will be the first one to say that if the most qualified human being for you know, any particular cabinet role has two heads and a tail, you should pick them, okay? But to pick someone because they have two heads and a tail, regardless of their history, so that you can check an odd box that someone put in front of you is a catastrophic mistake. And that's what Joe Biden has done across the board. None of his advisors can handle their jobs. I mean, look at the number of his advisors that have been called in front of Congress and people just shrugging their shoulders and going, what is going on? Like, what is happening at the, at the border? What is happening with the Department of Justice investigating parents 
who are showing up at school board meetings because their kindergartners are, be, are being given sex education as opposed to investigating the folks who are burning down buildings. I mean, it, it, it is a nuthouse, but again, it all goes back to, you know, pretending that the world is a certain way and then managing as though that was the truth. Yeah, it all gets back to the fact that there is no, or there really is no truth anymore with these people. And, you know, for, the, for them to be stunned, I mean, this is the oldest president now um, in terms of his, uh, you know, I think Reagan was what, 78 when he left and he was the oldest serving president. So, so this guy is going to be, um, I think he's older than Reagan was now. If he actually runs for reelection, I mean, he's going to be in his 80s for his second term, which I think is, uh, is unprecedented. And it's not only that he's in his 80s, but he's completely lost it. I mean, he fell over on that bike got up and then he whispered to, to to the camera in case you didn't notice i just fell I mean, he literally said that I mean, yeah. why why well, i don't know i have no idea but that's what he said and uh you know the guy but it, it, it's but, the hardest job in the world buddy being the president of the united states is unquestionably the most strenuous stressful difficult job in the world and it's not getting any easier and this is the guy who we've tried to give it to, and, and this is what happens. And again, I mean, I truly feel sorry for the person that is Joe Biden. Yeah, she went, well, and, and then you you take a look at his number two, right? And, and oh. this is what you've got to look forward to. If anything happens to him, if he actually falls off the bike and hits his head, you've got Kamala Harris, who's out there, you know, now, I guess she's no longer in charge of the border. Um, so now she's uh, out there, being, I guess, the head of this whole, um, you know, technology task force that's, uh, you know, tasked with getting out disinformation and and educating the public on falsehoods that are apparently put up on on Facebook by some kid in his parents' basement. And so that's what she's working on now. And you actually have, and I think her approval ratings are like thirty percent, right? I mean, Biden's got better approval ratings than her, and he's like in the high thirties. She's at like thirty. But she is um, it, it's it's terrifying to think of her as president. I mean, it's terrifying. And I mean, that's what you've got. That's what you've got next. And, the, you know, and the, and the reality is also that that's why Donald Trump probably is going to run again, because he sees this and he realizes that if Biden wants to run, he's going to run as a sitting president. He's no one's going to challenge him in, in a meaningful way. And Trump thinks he can beat him. And he's probably right. He's the one guy Trump could beat. And, you know, then you're going to get four more years of acrimony and the whole thing with Trump again. And so the, the, you know, the best thing would happen is, is for all these people to go away. But it, every time Kamala Harris talks, it's just absolutely, absolutely terrifying. And to think she's a heartbeat away and it's that guy's heartbeat that we're monitoring, uh, you know, who knows who knows where this is going to go. Yeah. I mean, buddy, her approval ratings would go up if she stayed out of the public eye for a year. If you just didn't see her at all, her approval ratings would go up. And that tells you all you need to know. And the irony is that, you know, if, if you've paid any attention to these January 6 hearings, and I really haven't, right? I, I, I honestly have not. They, they don't interest me. I think it's just a show trial like you would have seen in the Soviet Union. It's, it's admittedly, I mean, even the folks running it, it's all about politics. It's all about going after Trump. They don't like him. And they want to go after him. But the irony is that Trump actually had some adults in his cabinet, guys like Bill Barr, who 
sat in the Oval Office and, and effectively said, you're a nut. Like, you, you need to stop what you're doing with this election fraud thing. Even if it were true, the way you're going about it is crazy. There were multiple people who looked Trump in the eye and said, ah, you got to back the throttles, bud. And, and Trump had lost it at that point. If you read any of the stuff out of Barr's books or some of these other books, I mean, Trump had sailed off the deep end under a full spread of canvas over the election. But he at least had people who were telling him, hey, 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 you cannot do these things. That's not the way it works. That's not the way the Office of the Presidency works. It's not the way the Department of Justice works. It's not how we transfer power in this country. It is the very root of who we are. Now, he didn't do a great job of listening to those folks, admittedly, and, and that's one of the reasons why he is where he is, which is no longer in the Oval Office. But I don't, I don't think Biden has anyone even telling him that. I think they just prop him up. They try to tell him what to say. Anytime they think an adult is going to ask him a question, they put someone in a bunny suit or his granddaughters or his wife out there with a hook to Dr. just yank him. Yeah, I mean, it's just, but I mean, it's a, it is an absolute clown show and it would be interesting to talk to someone from another country. I mean, it's maddening if you're an American citizen, it would be interesting to talk to someone from another country who recognizes the power and influence the United States has just by virtue, virtue of being the country that it is and ask them what they think of how we're handling things over here. I mean, that would be an interesting thing to do. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And, and if you're at a company and that's your leader and he's fallen over on the bike, it's time to dust off the old resume, right? Get yeah. the LinkedIn updated and get out there and, and start uh, knocking on some doors to get a new gig. Finally, Brad, um, ending on a positive note, this, uh, this segment, um, the Duke of Cambridge, I know you love all things royal, the Duke of Cambridge, the prince, the, the crown prince, um, not sure what else you call him, is he just turned 40. Um, and so you've got, he's next in line, the crown prince, after Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornhole is going to be the queen of Cornhole when the queen, the current queen, passes away or abdicates, abdicates. So, um, yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to wish a happy birthday to the Duke of uh, Cambridge, the prince. Uh, so who's that, William? Because Harry's out, right? That's I, mean, he, I believe that is followed yeah, his that, wife into. He is the Duke of Kent. Yeah, it's William. He's forty years William. old. Yeah, forty yeah. years old. Okay, good for him. He made it forty years. My understanding about him, and it, it could easily be dated, but one, I have not heard of jackassery out of that guy. I mean, honestly, I'm, I, I have not heard of any you know horror stories from him. And last I checked, you know, he was a helicopter pilot in the British military, combat veteran, and then came back to uh, Great Britain and was flying rescue helicopters. And he would just like show up. He would just take a, take a shift with some of their medevac helicopters, civilian medevac helicopters. And you could find yourself being rescued by the you know, potential future king of your country. That sounds like a pretty good dude. Yeah. And we are obviously rooting for him to succeed. I mean, at, at some point he will run the entire British uh, empire. And so we have to, uh, I'll be behind him. Uh, next, Brad, uh, we're talking, we, we promised everyone that we would keep them updated on what is happening with the elections, right? Because it's a big election year. You run a small business. You want to make sure that you don't get some 
some nitwit in power in Congress who's going to raise your taxes, increase regulations, or otherwise enable the administration to do the same. You need to check on the administration, and so things have to change. Uh, that has started, Brad, in the great state of Texas, where monkeys, by the way, can contract themselves out at any rate. And yes, they are people. I've, I've met many people that are full-fledged chimpanzees. Well, this week, mm-hmm. we have the Texas Republican Party uh, voted for its platform for 2022. And uh, they did a couple of interesting things. One, they uh, enacted a resolution that declared uh, that uh, uh, Joe Biden was not legitimately elected. He was, as uh, Jesse Jackson likes to say, he was selected, not elected. Uh, and, uh, And they also have set a vote for next year, a referendum of sorts, to decide whether or not Texas should secede from the union and what certainly would be the biggest uh, secession uh, and insurrection since uh, January 6th of 2021. Uh, Brad, what do you think about this? Good move for Texans to uh, secede from the uh, from the union? And do you think that uh, Joe Biden, as Jesse Jackson has once said, was selected, not elected? Well, buddy, I, I like most Americans am so sick of talking about election and election fraud and how elections work. I mean, I think there is plenty of smoke around the way that, you know, Democratic folks focused on getting out the vote, handled their business. As you and I are both well aware, any reasonable human being is aware, there's, there has never been an election in this country nationwide or otherwise, that is completely accurately counted. I I mean, so again, he's in there, no one's taken him out. So it's probably a waste of time. But what I can't figure out from both parties, like does, does the Texas Republican Party, actually when they left that, you know, shed or chicken coop or whatever it was they met in, were they honestly slapping themselves on the back and saying, boy, we've done the people of Texas a real service here. We've declared Joe Biden not to be legally elected. That I mean, just not going to do anybody any good. And oh, by the way, we've said, you know, we're going to set a date and we're going to vote on whether or not we should leave the country. I'm sure everybody who isn't some sort of rabid right-wing extremist looks at that and just goes, what the F? I mean, even if you're inclined to vote Republican, if that's the platform coming out, you just got to shake your head and go, we can't get our kids educated. When, and, and, and while they're not being educated, they're being shot at, right? They're, they're being told that looking down at their private parts is not sufficient to know what gender they are. Gas in places is six bucks a gallon. My daughter who lives in Chicago just paid six eighteen a gallon to fill up her gas tank. And the Republican Party, who has, you know, frankly, if you're at all politically astute, has every opportunity here to just crush it, to come out with a platform that says those are the kind of things we're, we're going to address. Hey, Main Street America, we've heard you. We're going to address those issues. And yet they don't. Right. And this is my great fear is that we're going to you know, replace the current group of morons in the Congress and the Senate in these midterms with nothing but a different group of morons who don't care about Main Street America, don't know what makes this country actually tick, have never run a business themselves, most of whom have not served in the military. I mean, it's just 
Crazy, buddy. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is truly um, startling and it's radical, right? I mean, a lot of these positions are so radical and all they're going to do is turn people off or radicalize people even more so they can't compromise. It seems to me like that is one of the goals of both sides of this debate that's going on in this country. Really, the war for the heart and soul of this country is you know, getting away from the ability to compromise. And, and you know, we'll, we don't like what's happening. We'll just secede. I mean, those idiots in California talked about that when Trump was elected. Now Texas is talking about that. And the reality is it could never happen. It's not no. going to happen. It's not real. It's a total waste of time. Um, but that's the problem. Right. No one cares whether you actually have a plan to right the ship. Right. No one cares if you have a plan to get the economy back on track, lower inflation, lower the cost of energy. No one cares if you have a plan to rectify public education where we can meet in the middle and agree that not everyone is going to agree on each topic we teach our kids, but all of those topics are going to be pertinent to them becoming full, fully functional, contributory members of a society. No one cares about any of that, right? It's you running for office has all become a test of your radical orthodoxy to either the left or the right, which simply means the ship will continue to sink. It's just which side it's listing on will change. It will either list to the left and sink, or it will list to the right and sink, because there's no one who wants to write it, fix the holes that are below the waterline, and sail that thing off into the future. Everyone is just looking at each other and shaking their heads and going, how did we get here? Right. But the, the answer is that we, we no longer have a political system based on determining who is best suited to run the country. It's entirely based on your ability to pass tests of orthodoxy on either side. And that is not helpful. Yeah, it's not uh, not helpful at all. And, you you know, and when you get this and everyone is for I, I, I have not heard anyone say this is this is going well or I can't wait to you know vote for this guy again or that gal again. But um, and then, you know, you get over to what's going on. And, you know, this is all federal government run. You get over to the CDC. Right. And look, you and I have been the first two people on the wall warning about monkeypox. Right. I mean, we Indeed. have. We have. We've been in yeah. 31 people. Have it. 31 people have it in this um, in this country. And now the yeah. CDC has come out with a new um, a new set of guidelines, um, because, again, monkeypox is something that's typically um, transmitted through intercourse. We now, Brad, we I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. There were 31 cases in the u.s there are now 85 cases brad in the u.s 85 it's coming um, for all of us buddy we're not going to be able to escape it prepare it is, for the monkey box it is it is it is coming for for all of us but now that's the, your cdc right the folks at the uh the the cdc appointed by you you know president biden and that whole crew uh have now come out with um uh you know some some guidelines on Monkeypox, right? And first, they've given you guidelines on um, the monkeypox warning signs. Okay, mm. right. So this is mm. like a nice little uh, PowerPoint with some kid and uh, fever, headache, muscle and backache, swollen lymph nodes, chills, and exhaustion. Right. So if you have any of those symptoms, Brad. So, so if you have any illness at all, you've got the monkeypox. Yeah. Now, because 
there is a vaccine, right, that is being rolled out to these uh, the, the, you know, the people that are high risk groups. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the CDC has now come out with it. And look, again, monkeypox transmitted sexually. Yeah. So the people uh, in the high risk groups are those of you that have your schwants hanging out of your pants at inappropriate times. That's you. Right. If that's you, you may need a monkeypox vaccine. Yes, you, you, you literally may need the vaccine. But then they've also said, look, uh, if you don't want to get the vaccine, there are ways to have, and this is the CDC, sex, even if you have the monkeypox, right? Or if your partner in sex, coitus, Brad, coitus, has the monkeypox, right? So the CDC has come out with these guidelines. And this is no joke. I am reading from the CDC manual on this. One, try virtual sex. Right, virtual sex, Brad. So it's like, can you do that in the meta? I, I believe you can do that in okay. the meta. All the right. meta is a dangerous place, as um, we've discussed. Yeah. The, the next, Brad, how to have sex if you have monkeypox? Masturbate six feet apart. Masturbate. Six <laughs> feet apart. Now, and is that based on the COVID six feet, or are they given you know guys a lot of credit there for you know sort of the gumption? Listen, I am not 100% sure, but I am. This is from an official CDC. Um, so you need like a six foot radius around yourself there is uh, for a, masturbating purposes. There is a, there is a six foot line. Okay. And I just sent All you right. the, uh, the manual okay. between these people, six feet apart. Wash afterwards with soap, Brad, with soap. Mm-hmm. Um, next, avoid kissing. Um, if you have to have sex with the monkey box, mm-hmm. avoid kissing. This is from the CDC. Um, next wear clothing during sex, wear clothing. Uh, That tends to be helpful. Yeah. And then finally, just a general rule, cover your rash, cover your, that's good advice, you know, kind of wherever you are, if you have a rash, you know, go ahead and cover that rash. We call that CYR cover your rash. We we are in the, (laughs) I mean, this is public health. Right. These are the folks that are guiding us in public health, and they are clearly morons and lunatics. Someone sat around and A, that this is the biggest problem we have, right? I mean, how about how to get better? Listen, our final segment, we'll, we'll take it all back home. A couple of weeks ago, our erstwhile producer gave us this, uh, this little tidbit for barter band, Brad, forced monkey labor, forced monkey labor. Yeah, we can't have that. Uh, apparently, Walmart, on our bulletproof vest on. Listen, listen, this show is a lot of monkey business going on here, my friend. But this uh, this is a serious campaign by PETA to ban or bar uh, a certain Thai company's coconut milk uh, from shelves of major retailers. Walmart has recently pulled this um, uh, this coconut milk because the coconuts are being uh, uh uh, gathered on a plantation by forced monkey labor. They, the, the, these people are forcing the monkeys to knock the coconuts from the trees in the, um, in the Thai coconut plantation that uh, uh, these coconuts come from. They make apparently very nice coconut milk. It's a great product. You can use it in baking. Uh, you can enjoy it in a mocktail. Brad, you've had a mocktail before. Mm-hmm. Um, the monkeys are kept in cages, tied to posts for hours. And then they um, uh, are forced to climb the trees and knock the coconuts down for the harvest. Um, PETA is obviously not uh, amused, and they have moved to have these uh, these these brands of coconut milk barred 
or banned from the Walmart shelves, which leads to the question, should you allow, right? Should you allow, should we allow as citizens of this world, forced monkey labor? Well, I, again, look, <clears throat> this is pretty straightforward, right? I mean, if, if any creature is being unnecessarily abused in the harvest and, 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 you know, let's, you know, the, the, the show, we have a limited amount of time here. It's unfortunate. We can't get into the topic of why the hell coconut milk even exists, right? Like what, what on what planet do you need to milk a coconut? I don't know. So let's just set that aside. Let's assume for the purposes of this discussion, that there is a good reason that coconut milk exists. And if, if you're abusing anyone in order to make your coconut milk, well, then you should stop. Okay. I mean, that's just, just stop it. You know, there's gotta be a better way get a long stick and knock the coconuts down. I, I, I find this whole story somewhat remarkable and that I, I can't imagine. So if you're marketing coconut milk, again, set aside why it exists to a place like Walmart, you are making a bunch of coconut milk. Okay. It's not like Walmart has a couple of stores and they put a couple of jugs of coconut milk in there. Right. I mean, so you, this is a major manufacturer of whatever this stuff is. Yeah. And I find it very hard to believe that the most economical way to get a coconut out of a tree is to force a monkey up there to, you know, knock it down. Like Joby, climb that tree, knock down that coconut. That, yeah. can you imagine if you had to train monkeys to pick corn? I mean, you know, it, it's insane. You're telling me there's not a machine that knocks coconuts out of trees in the quantities necessary to produce this stuff such that Walmart is going to buy? This whole story is nuts on many levels, but I will simply say this. If you are abusing anyone to make coconut milk, Stop it. And you would agree that if you are abusing a monkey and requiring them to climb up the tree and knock the coconuts down, you're, you're abusing a person, correct? Well, I, I would have to discuss that with some of the sitting New York justices in order to more fully understand the legal definition of a person. I mean, I'm not a biologist, yeah. David. I mean, you can't yeah. ask me these questions. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Um, but I, so I would have to get some outside help to know whether or not a monkey was a person. I will tell you, I have not met very many monkeys, but those few I have, uh, I could see them being people. I mean, Joe was riding a scooter. He was riding a scooter. I, and I've seen, I've met many monkeys in my day. And I can tell you, maybe this is why El Gorilla was training in the uh, land of the Mexican drug cartels to free the monkeys. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was apparently the only one even wearing a vest. Maybe we've got this all backwards. And El Gorilla was training the humans and just got himself caught in a crossfire. I mean, he at least had the sense to put on a vest. Maybe we should ban those those narcotics when they come across the border because the humans are being abused by the monkeys. Well, that could well be, but we don't, we're not stopping anything at our border anymore. I mean, you can bring in a monkey, you can bring in a brick of cocaine, you can do whatever you want at the southern border. It's a free for all down there. And uh, you know what, buddy, we, you and I don't have the solution as of today. We can't solve all the monkey business. We can't even solve the monkey pox. We know to stay six feet apart if we're going to masturbate with the monkey pox, however, and that has got all of our listeners one step higher up the rung of knowledge from non-IP frequently listeners, and that's all we try to do every week, and we will try to do it again next week 
here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.